If you could share one big idea to change the future of education, what would it be? In our One Big Idea series on Future of School, the podcast, we'll hear from a diverse array of education stakeholders, from parents and educators to longtime industry leaders who will share their bold proposals to transform teaching and learning in the United States. Together, we'll amplify one another's unique perspectives, consider new solutions, and above all, make sure every voice is included in the conversation. Welcome to this episode of our One Big Idea series. I'm really excited to welcome Tilly Elvram to talk about the idea that she would share with the Biden administration. Welcome, Tilly. Hi, thank you for having me. My my one big idea is, and I can't claim ownership of this idea, but it's something that I've been thinking about a lot for many years and others in the uh, education space have been talking about, and it's really about how we fund students' education. And my big idea is that we would fund students and not necessarily systems uh, or particular education models, but we would get the funding into the hands of parents where they could make the best decision for their students on the right learning environment so that students could really be empowered in their learning and we could personalize their learning in a way that currently we're not allowed to do because of the way we fund education here in the United States. Wow, that is a really big idea and it's an important one. Tilly, do you think that the average person in our country understands the constraints or the limitations of of funding and how it determines access and equity that students have to quality education? I think at a base level, people understand, particularly parents, they understand they pay taxes and those taxes are supposed to fund education, but they don't understand that kind of granular level of, you know, how one school receives more money than another and how a student student, a certain student may receive uh, more funding than another student. And so those complexities, I think, kind of get, I don't know, buried by all the other politics around education. And if we just really start thinking about how we are funding education and how that money works its way down to the student level, I think it would really get parents engaged in the conversation and start thinking about, okay, how are we funding schools at a federal, state, local level? What does that mean for my student? And if I had control over those dollars because I'm closest to the student and I understand their needs really well, how could that change uh, what education looks like for for my, my child? And so those are important conversations to have. And I don't, uh, it's such a complex issue. I know in my home state of Colorado, we've been talking about the funding formula for Colorado education for like 25 years and nothing has changed. And uh, because nothing has changed, nothing has changed for our students. And so if, if we're really serious about outcomes, then we have to get serious about how we fund kids and is it equitable? And are we doing things that make sense to give parents all of the resources and access to those resources that they need for their students? Yeah, 
such a such a critical topic. And I agree with you. I think people understand it conceptually, but the specifics of it are, you know, they're not really talked about, they're not publicized. So the fact that states receive different amount different amounts of funding, ranging from, you know, four to five thousand dollars all the way to, you know, twenty-five thousand dollars per student would be eye-opening for many people. Do you yeah. know of any states that are looking at changing or shifting funding models right now that you that you feel like are, are good to look into or to follow? Well, we always look at Arizona and Florida for kind of examples of lots of school choice and innovative ways to fund uh, education for students, either through tax credit scholarships or education savings accounts that have really enabled parents to access uh, education in a new way and in a personalized way for, for their students. And then out of COVID, uh, we've seen really um, a lot of states and states that had um, not been at the forefront of school choice or educational opportunity for families. I'm thinking about West Virginia and Kentucky. They have just passed legislation that's going to kind of give parents some personalized funding. They're gonna be able to tap into their tax dollars and direct those dollars either into their, their you know, neighborhood school or a charter or a private school or use it to get supplementary uh, services for their kids that maybe have special needs and need therapies or tutoring. So we're starting to see these conversations happening, um, but not enough. And, and, and in some cases, they're still small programs. It may only affect, you know, 200 kids in the state and it's means tested. So it's only going to be a certain uh, demographic of students. And my big idea, my big goal is universal school choice where parents get those dollars, no matter their socioeconomic uh, background, no matter what part of a state that they live in, but they can tap into those dollars and really direct it in a way that's going to fit their student best. Wow. You've given us so much information, so many data points and exemplars to look at, Tilly. This is incredible. Where, where would you direct parents or citizens in general to go to learn more, to stay, to stay aware of trends, information, and what's going to come to follow when, it come, when we're looking at funding models and school choice, where should they go? I think the the leader in this conversation over the, the past really couple decades has been EdChoice and uh, you can find them online, but they've really uh, put together some great information that parents can access easily and understand easily on these concepts of uh, school choice and education funding and how that all can work to the advantage of parents and students. So I would definitely uh, go there first, go visit EdChoice's website. Um, and then, you know, start having these conversations with your legislators, because so much of this is going to have to start at the state level and, and then work its down to, you know, your local school boards. But start having conversations, find out who your legislator is and, and ask them, you know, explain to me how funding works, school funding. And you might be surprised, sometimes they're not even, they don't even understand the complexities of uh, these funding mechanisms. So just, you know, talk to your state board members, your superintendents, 
and and just start digging into the conversation and find out how how can I get more power over those tax dollars for my kids' education? Excellent. Thank you for being such an incredible voice for parents throughout the country, Tilly. We appreciate it. You've given us lots to think about, and we look forward to following you online. Let us know where folks can follow your parent support resources as we close out. Yeah, so you can find parent support for online learning uh, in our Facebook group for, for parents and educators. Just look up parent support for online learning. And then we have a dedicated website, www.parents, the number four support.com. Great. Thank you, Tilly. Thank you for listening to Future of School, the podcast. What's your one big idea to transform education? Connect with us on social media or on our website, www.futureof.school to share. And if you're one of our listeners enjoying the podcast on Apple, we hope you'll consider leaving a five-star review to help more people find the show.